Hi folks, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. As we're getting uh, closer to the third week of the NFL season, delighted to be in for a new segment, uh, Skehel on NFL, I think we're going to call it. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited to welcome in former Galway hurler, current hurler, James Skehel into the podcast. James, you're going to be on once a week. Uh, first off, how's the form? Appreciate you doing it. Well, my personal form is okay. Uh, my, my, my fan form with the Patriots is not so good. <laughs> so... No, not no, good. No, not so good. It's been a tough. It's been a tough nine days. It has been a fairness, yeah. It's been a story of of if 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 and buts. But uh, but here we are, own two terrible start of the year. But I will say it, there's a silver lining in everything. The last time we were own two, what happened? We won the Super Bowl. No, I'm not <laughs> predicting that's going to happen. Now I'm just saying I have to take some positivity out of the whole situation. There's we the have, Instagram reel. <laughs> we have, we're going to list uh, me, Jason and Michael tomorrow. We're going to look at some 0-2 teams and kind of, but I'm actually, I'm going to look at the Patriots because I, since we talked to you last, James, I knew I was falling in love with the Patriots, but it's so difficult as a fan. You know, not everyone might be paying attention to the Patriots, but if you actually break it down, the Eagles went out, what, 17 points on them Oof. and then scored whatever it was, nine points through the last three quarters. Miami, this weekend on Sunday Night Football, got out to a 17-3 lead and mm-hmm. only scored a touchdown in, this, in the second half. And it's like, if they just got clicking fast, the defense is serious. Like, serious. I absolutely love, and that's what we're going to talk about more on um, tomorrow's podcast, if you want to listen. But your own thoughts on it, it is extremely frustrating as a fan because the defense is there. It's, it's cool. And I suppose the last time we spoke, I would have said that I had great confidence in the defense, especially in our front line and our... I thought our secondary was excellent. And look, it's proven to be so with with, with uh, what looks to be a brilliant draft pick in Gonzalez. So I have great confidence in our defense. And they're not the ones letting us down. You know, like we've, we've conceded an average of what, 20, 24, 24 and a half points to the which, which in NFL terms against the Eagles and Miami, you know, is quite low when you've got two big high shot offenses from the weeks previous. Um, like look at Tyreek Hill, put up 215 yards in week one, put up maybe 40 against us. So it's like, yeah, we have the defense to lock, lock teams down. But it's just such a stuttering start in the first half for our offense. And it's so frustrating because it's like if we just were able to click. Because Mac has been, he's been solid. I have to give it to him. Like he's been solid. He hasn't been, you know, amazing. He's not been, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of tour kind of standard at the moment. But he's been solid. But it's just the turnovers at, at the critical times are killing us. And I suppose at the end of the game, it's easy. There, there's, there's, there's click points in these games. Like can you look at the... You know, the outbounds last week and then the cold strange, you know, almost got fourth down. But if you're depending on a fourth down with your offensive yeah. lineman, you know, at the end of the game, you are clutching straws. And that's why I don't want to focus on those last plays, but rather the actual the whole fourth quarters and say, look, we we didn't deserve to win those games. We deserve to be on two. We're probably somewhere, I rank as maybe 20th at the moment with the way we're playing. But the, the I think if the offense just click a bit more, and get see the trouble is that's firepower. That's what really concerns me. I always I always have concerns when when our main receiver is our tight ends. Like that really that's that screams to me of a lack of being able to stretch stretch the field because that that thing is all you know screens seems like it's like can we really stretch the field and Juju can't do it. Bourne might be able to do it. Douglas fun, but like oh, it's just weird. We're, we can't get over our own way. That's I think Mark has the Patriots as twenty one on this. I have daily right. I have I have him number 19, so number 19, I get that's the power rankings in association with James Gall now all of a sudden because we're <laughs> spot on with that. It is funny, though, that you say about the tight ends. It's obviously, Hunter Henry is the one you're alluding to, but it's like, yeah, are they 
stuck in the whole Gronk era because look what they tried to do when they got Johnny Smith there a couple of years ago and now it is Hunter Henry going forward you had what like four receivers the likes of Devontae right. Parker and stuff getting like no more no receiver had more than 60 yards this uh-huh. week just gone by but at the same time the same can be probably be said about Tyreek Hill he didn't touch much more than that and it's like I think that's what's frustrating about the Patriots is that they've played the Eagles and the Dolphins yeah, like they they are too phenomenal. And when you're talking about the defense going against those kind of offenses, now this is a completely different point. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs aren't getting enough credit for playing the Jags and the Lions offenses and only conceding the number of points that they did. Because I think as the weeks go on, those teams are going to put up more and more points. I think the saddest thing for me from the Patriots' point of view is that was probably their best chance of beating Tua. You know, now he's 5-0 against the Patriots, which is insane. Now they have to go down to Miami. Now, at least it wasn't Miami this time around because it would have been so hot down there. Yeah. But it's like, Belichick played the defense that I absolutely expected to see on Sunday night, and that was to contain the wide receivers and let them run the ball. Just dare them to run the ball. It's just that they were able to run the ball, and that's scary for everyone else in the league that the Miami Dolphins are able to do that. But maybe Bill Belichick did give the other teams a bit of a, a blueprint, and I can't imagine him going six and zero against the Patriots. That's the other silver lining. No, I can't. Like, and I suppose we. The, the good thing is we've like we've Zach Wilson coming up next week, and like I think we're we're are we five and zero against him or four and zero something like that against him. So you, you'd expect that we'll turn over victory because I watched him, you know, the week on by, and no, no disrespect, but he was bloody abysmal. <laughs> he was abysmal. So you're saying to yourself, right, our defense can really turn him over, and I'm expecting our defense and special teams to put up points. I'm expecting like a you know, fumbles, sacks, you know, interceptions, pick sixes, all this kind of jazz. So you're blocked saying, field goal. Yeah, the blocked brilliant. field goal. Where, where, where did he come from? Where did he come from? But like, Why has that no one done that before? Natural. And I can't. But did you watch it, guys? And I, when I watched it, I watched it live. I was, I was watching the game, and I was like, "Did he just get on the field late, or did he mean that?" <laughs> I couldn't work <laughs> out because I've never seen it before. Where has that play been in a Super Bowl? Like, why did Bill Belichick bring it out in Sunday football in week two? Because we all know that Bill Belichick's background is a special teams coordinator. He's always taken massive pride in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, it was, it's so obvious. I think we've all been probably thinking as fans from Ireland in particular, because in America, maybe they're too used to, uh, you know, tradition and how to do things that, like, maybe we'd be less conservative. I've never understood why someone didn't do that before. Maybe I thought that it was illegal, that you had to have a standing start. Yeah. But it's, it's like, that's there now. That's on tape. Everyone should be doing it from now on. I prefer you, Richard. Like, if you remember, Jamie Collins used to be an inside linebacker for the Patriots and the Browns. He used to be exceptional at jumping over the, the snapper. Uh, and that was like, the only thing I would have seen from a special teams in a field goal or an extra point was, you know, going over the centre of the snapper. This guy, I've never seen that happen before. And it's, I'd say it's going to become more common. Sure, it's, it's not dangerous. It's it's not dangerous, which is the great thing. So they won't outlaw it in a year's time. Yeah, you won't, you won't touch the kicker either. So yeah, that's great. But, but look at that. Yeah, I suppose in truth, um, you know, I was very, as go back to your point, Mark, I was delighted with the defense and, and the way they worked. And I cited I, I, I you in the same way. I thought Belichick would lock down Waddle, lock down Hill. And I thought, geez, if our front could just get a control of the, the run game, would be fine. But they, they, like, they knifed us for 150 yards. And that was, that was concerning, <laughs> really, really concerning going forward because that's not a trait of the Patriots, you know. Like we we usually play a zone like a zone play against against high speed receivers and with the odd time of getting up open on the run, but this I suppose there was cause for concern, slight cause for, cause for concern for me watching watching Sunday night that we were able to get uh, piece two so easily. I'm I'm looking forward to these weekly Patriots conversations by the way, especially if it keeps going the way it is. Hopefully it doesn't because I got an interesting game this weekend. Um, two elements before we move on to the Patriots for me, James. First off, um, what's a 
a Sunday night football night like in your household with you know the wife, the kids. It's a late night. That's an early start for everyone. I never mind one thing. And secondly, Mac Jones, his comments after the game. I mean, do you read too much in that he said? You know, I definitely I, I, we we yeah, it's yeah. bad. Like I I do like so I I um I would look at like leadership roles in, in, in certain positions in every sport. So if you look at the NFL, the obvious leader is the quarterback. This is the toughest position in sports. And so if you're if you're a quarterback who's coming off an 0-2 and probably a pretty poor season the year previous, you need to exude confidence, leadership, positivity, you know. And like he, I just, his body language, he, what he says out of his mouth and the way he actually stands at the podium are two different things for me. He's communicating two different pictures. I don't know, do you notice that as well? Some quarterbacks, like, it's like when I look at Jalen Hurts, no matter what he says, he's always coming across as the guy, you know. Uh, or Brady was always that way but with Mac Jones I'm, I'm slightly concerned <laughs> but I'm going to give him a chance I'm going to say look at new, a new OC new new uh, new personnel in the skill position so I'm going to leave it to him but um, in terms of what's it like in my house so my wife wouldn't be the biggest NFL fan I have to say um, supportive like mine like you know she get like happy enough she, like. she gets that I, that I love it she does but she just won't <laughs> sit and watch it with me yeah and she'll complain then if I, if I take over the television which, which is every single Sunday and I'll remind her you know, 67, I'll just say, like, for example, 67 days, and she'll go, what? And I go, not her, and she'll go, oh, NFL. She know I mean 67 days, it's coming back, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so then she texts me at, like, quarter past seven, Monday morning, where are you? And I was, I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> I didn't go up to bed. <laughs> but, like, that, 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 that's what happens, so, like, my sofa has ended up being my bed for three nights a week at the minute. I shouldn't be publicly saying that, but like literally, yeah. first night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football. I'm like, no, I'm, I'll just stay downstairs, and that's yeah. for four months. That's it. Like I was, and, he, and she probably she's giving out a small bit because she could hear me at twenty past four cursing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's embarrassing to admit, like so we've a, we've a young baby in the house, with three kids, but a young baby in the house, only six or seven weeks old, and uh, you know, sleep, sleep. If you can get them to sleep, it's golden. So when you hear the father of the of the baby. <laughs> At 20 past four, I have four giving out about a game in America. She's not happy with me. <laughs> uh, so be it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world. I feel like anyone listening along to this just understands. I know my thing with Linnea is she now six o'clock on a Sunday. That's the thing. It's we have to get everything done by four o'clock because you have to be parked in front of the TV by six o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. And I think what I find is I have to be reading articles. I, I like to read the... Uh, you know all the, the 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 kind of the pre-game from the, from the, especially from journalists and ex-players what they think is going to happen. And I just I, I I would watch the likes of um you know Devin McCourt. I listen to him, mm-hmm. Peter Schrager. Listen to him and say and say right, what do they think is going to happen? And then see does it happen? See how close they get. Do you know what I mean? Or even pro football talk. I, I enjoy some of their talks, although some of them are kind of at a stretch. Um, but like that, it's just like you said. I have to assign at least you know nine hours <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> for pro football, for pro football, and I'm, I won't change. She won't change me. This is what she married, so she used to put up with it now at this stage. It's the funniest thing. I suppose we might as well play it for it. As people listen now, I want to go into your uh, pro football talk and hear uh, who you enjoy listening to. But I suppose we've talked too much, Patriots. We've talked too much. That uh, obviously we have you on board now. We might look back and catch some people up, and we'll. What has kind of stood out to you? This season, I suppose, and I mean, what's the best way to start it, Michael? Maybe we can ask him his favorite surprise team. Is it favorite surprise team? Two and a half weeks, and now we're recording this on a Tuesday night. It's Wednesday morning, for people. Yeah, what's been your surprise so far? Because it's been, I don't know what you thought, James, but week one was rusty, man. But last week, like I was watching that Lions Seahawks game, and it was like, this is back. We're finally back. Yeah, like I, I think that for me, and week one's an awful lot of shadow boxing. I think that 
I think head coaches truly believe when they're looking at some of their rookies or, or some of the some of the players that they found in training camp. They actually they're actually asking themselves the question: Can they do it? You know, in week one, so they're kind of they're letting them in bit part, bit part, and then in week two, it's like things take off. You know, um, the surprise team for me is actually it's not on a positive front. I have to say, uh, it's actually for for me now it's, it's Joe Burrow, it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I'm saying, what has gone on with them? Because they're an explosive team, and to watch him social and like I would have always associated. Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore Ravens, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Those three uh, teams with offensive lines, I would have said, yeah, you, you've, got, you've always got, and the Eagles too, you've always got a savage offensive line. You've always got protection for the quarterback. Like, and Burrow improved something fierce last year. The year previous, it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. He got sacked an awful lot. But it seems like they improved. They've now gone to shit. <laughs> Sorry. Like, he's getting hit too much, too much pressure for him. And I just didn't expect to start. I did not expect it, truthfully speaking. I thought they would truly be 2-0 and as opposed to, to the, the current position. So... And I will, I will, a word of mention, I have to say, for Baker Mayfield in Tampa. I, I have, for some reason, I, there's these, these quarterbacks who get an awful hard time from the media. Uh, now, sometimes they draw it on themselves, don't get me wrong. But I'm, I, I warmed to Baker Mayfield for some reason, and I'm just happy to see him draw, being part of a winning team, because he, he got messed around a bit yeah. with, with, with Browns, went to the Rams, you know, as a kind of a you know, stopgap, obviously, for Matthew Stafford's situation. And so it's nice to see him uh, producing the goods for Tampa. Yeah, I mean, that's Mark. another topic we're going to talk about on tomorrow's podcast. But it's interesting when you say about so Mike McGlinchey was obviously the big free agent signing for the Bengals, yes. and he hasn't been training now for since August, isn't it? Hasn't he been out? So it's like they've they've noticed that their Achilles heel, especially as they get later into the year. Obviously, we know what happened last year; like they hardly had an offensive line come playoff time just because like absolute bad luck. But I I cannot think who I heard this. I was on the Athletic Football podcast. I think they were talking about. Joe Burrow gave, I think it was Nate Toys. I think he gave Nate Toys the quote in person or otherwise, but he put it on the podcast anyway, saying that Joe Burrow has said to him that it takes him a few weeks to kind of get up to speed, which is like mind-boggling to hear an elite quarterback being like, it takes me a while to get up to speed with coverage. When he was out injured, obviously this offseason, maybe that's what's going on with Joe Burrow because there's an absolute problem with the offense. Like it shouldn't be sputtering like it is. Like that... Bengals def- or Ravens defense that they just played like aren't phenomenal so yeah I'm definitely worried and look we talked about it in Oct- August a good bit about why it was going to be difficult for Cincinnati out the gate but I didn't think it was going to be this level of difficult yeah. that they're beating themselves it's now that the division is pulling away like you know you obviously have a 2-0 two, uh, two team there with the Ravens that are looking fantastic and the in- injury bug has them a bit but Cincinnati can only blame it on themselves yeah like Emma Glinch as well. I remember, like, I think if memory serves me correctly, guys, you might. He came out of Notre Dame with Quentin Nelson, did he? Is that correct? I think it might have been Quentin Nelson. I'll just double check that while we're chatting. I, I mean, think, like, I think they were both in Notre Dame offensive line and Nelson. Notre was Dame. The, he was the course, yeah, and like he was a he was a stud. So he was a he was a serious player, a serious coup. Do you know to get to get for the Bengals? Like, but they, they, I don't think they need a quick fix. They need a. It seems to me like a long term fix. Because he's not getting hit on the left side, the right side. He's getting hit up the middle. He's getting hit on the left. He's getting hit on the right. He's getting hit on all sides. You know. And I go back to my Patriots team. We've got a a pieced up offensive line. But at least Mac Jones, he's getting hit. Don't get me wrong. But he's getting a bit more protection than Joe Burrow's getting. Uh, which, which, when you con- contrast the Super Bowl run, like Burrow was getting time in the pocket. He was getting time in the pocket. But that seems to have, have gone. And that's how you. That's how when the quarterback gets gets a bit of time in the pocket, he makes his good players. He's T Higgins. He makes his Jamar Chase look really good. You know. When you reduce yeah. time, trouble. And it's like, 
it's not even to stay on the on the Bengals topic, but I think it's really relevant because at the time of recording, and it's probably not going to change in the next twelve hours, lads. Like we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Burrow this weekend. Like, I mean, Mark, feel free to jump in after James too as well. But James, like, their next four games have got the Rams on Monday night, they got the Titans, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. They then got a bye week. But in five weeks' time, they play the Niners and then the Bills. I'd shut them down right now. I'd shut them down, get the win against the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm joking, Mark. Cardinals fan. Jesus, like, that's your... <laughs> uh, but, like, seriously, like, if he's not 100%, shut him down for two weeks minimum and then see how he goes against Arizona. I, don't rush him back. That's two huge games at the end of October. Yeah. Massive. And it, it just feels like if he's not fully there, well, then don't risk him because you wouldn't do it in any sport. Like, in their division, uh, with those games and the time they're coming at, they're a season-defining game. It's a, that's a season-defining time of the year. Um, if if they go through those two games, uh, coming, let's say they they hit with a, with a five hundred record, they're out. They're gone because the division rivals. They're gone, though, aren't they? They are gone. Uh, if they if they lose two or three more games, I think they're done. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. I said it before the season. I said they don't make the playoffs. Now it was a bold take. It was supposed to be said tongue in cheek, but I did <laughs> outline why it could happen. And it's just it's just yeah. phenomenally difficult when you're in the division that that's that yeah. that's or is so good and the other thing is they played the Browns when the Browns are probably at their best but now the Browns could drop off with Chubb gone we have no idea I mean I mentioned the power rankings this week that Sean Watson looks awful but it's like maybe you know the Steelers could go off and get a couple of wins on them the Ravens could get a couple of wins on them uh, and I also think it's difficult the Ra- the Bengals lost to the Ravens at home mm-hmm. they have to go on the road now as well so it's like last year when they split the division um, when they you know won or sorry went three went three and three in the division. I don't think they have that luxury this year. And like you said, it's just phenomenally difficult. But I don't know, can you show uh, Burrow down? They risk bringing him back for the first two games. It didn't pay off, but now they kind of have to roll with him, even if he is feeling a bit stiff. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's jump on this next topic and sort of see the crack. James, uh, could you imagine stepping onto the field at Capitagal or Crook Park and it was artificial grass? And just your thoughts because I I know we were talking about this on WhatsApp. This is blowing up. Like I remember sitting, I think Marky was there as well in London. Justin Jefferson was giving off about it. We've seen what happened to Aaron Rodgers last week. As a as a you know an athlete, as a sports person, what do you think about it? Because it, it 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 is very different to play on for a start. It is like, it's like synthetic surfaces are very tricky because there's no giving them. Um, and like you see, every story that was done by whether it be the, the actual the FA or the NFL, they commissioned an independent actually company to do do. What, what was called an injury analysis in, in 2022 and they, they made out that you were 30% more likely to get a non-contact injury on, on a, a synthetic surface and 70% more likely to get an ankle or a foot injury you know because of the surface because there's no give there's no obviously when you when you stick your foot in the ground in an astroturf or that type of force you don't go down you don't go left right it's, it's just stuck there you know and like with with uh, with the NFL every position is 360 degrees you're moving in, a, in all different angles you know routes, body directions, etc. And it's just, it's a recipe for disaster in terms of injury. And I, I truthfully think, and, and this is being honest, right, the NFL is entertainment business only. It's, it's first and foremost is entertainment, okay? It feels to me like it's a private organisation and they're tasked with producing the most entertainment that will produce the most finance, etc. That's that's the way it works and that's fine. I'm happy with that, you know? And so I just think that the players are, um, to a degree, they're classed as somewhat sacrificial lambs because it's always next man up. Next one up. I think they they, feel they protect their quarterbacks, try and protect their skill positions as best they can. 
I don't think they give SHIT about running backs and offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I think they want to protect the guys who, who, who make the big plays. And that's why I think you something like this. I think the split is like 16 teams have have um, artificial grass, you know. And I, I I get it that in some some teams that are based uh, for geographical purpose with regard to, you know, whether snow, if it's Green Bay and Lambeau or for just, you know, the Patriots, obviously they've got weather to think about. Um, but I think the biggest thing is for cost. They're trying to keep money down. There's no water. There's no growth. There's no maintenance. Like the only, team, the only two stadiums I let off would be, let's say, SoFi and MetLife, only because they're shared. That's all. And like they, they actually get what they get sixteen, seventeen games in a year at least. So I let them stadiums off for that for that purpose because it'd be very hard to maintain. But for me, I'm a, I, as as a pitch player, I'm a grass man all day because you can you can actually feel the surface. You can, you know, when it goes from you, it goes from you. The ground goes as opposed to your knee going. With the artificial grass, it doesn't go off yet. Your knee goes or your ankle goes. So I don't think it's ever going to change. And I think the World Cup is actually on America in 2026. And a yeah. condition of that World Cup was to change all the surfaces to grass. You know, to, nat- to, to natural grass. So that, so the NFL teams are actually going to change it anyways. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're going to do it anyways. So it's not like, if you're going to do it then, why not just do it now? Just do it now. Money talks. You, you, but that's the thing, like... When you're talking about the entertainment, I thought the point that you were going to ultimately make, but I think it was kind of in there, James, it's like, it's faster to play on really the faster. AstroTurf. So it's kind of like the NFL wants it to get faster and more offensive. So it's like, do I see them wanting to change it? No, as a result, which is absolutely crazy. One of the only pitches I've been on in a stadium was Soldier Field, though, and it was grass and it was horrible. But for the exact reasons that you're saying that it would give underneath, you know, a turn of the ankle or something, it was better for that. But it's just, I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is the NFL. This is it. This is the big time. And they're not really looking after their grass. Maybe it's an Irish thing, honestly, that any time we go into Crow Park or into the Aviva, that they have the big heaters out and they're looking after it and it looks immaculate. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also the conditions. But like Chicago has no excuse. I mean, it rains there in the winter time. that this was just like, it just wasn't a good, feel like i was kind of surprised and then the and sorry this is not an anti-grass i'm 100 on but the other thing that kind of goes in the nfl's favor was look what happened at the super bowl arizona changed they have a lovely grass and they look after it like crazy because it's in the desert they're growing it and they have to like they have a retractable grass that comes in and out of the stadium but then the super bowl and i was i was kicked myself because I couldn't get a question in after the Super Bowl but all I wanted to ask was why was there a stack of boots on the sideline because players were changing them slipping like literally people were playing out of their boots because they kept on falling off so I feel like if it was ever to come down to it the NFL would say well we're going to be sacrificing speed we saw what happened in the Super Bowl some teams aren't willing to pay it's just kind of difficult and when you're talking like in Ireland we kind of hate it obviously the artificial I'm watching the League of Ireland there and in Derry, obviously, they have, the Brandywell has yeah. the Astro pitch. And they're saying for injury reasons, and this is the League of Ireland. This isn't the NFL where people are spending yeah. millions. This is the League of Ireland. They're saying that that pitch isn't good enough and looks like in 2024, they're going to change it to a grass pitch. It's like, if we're able to realise that for the League of Ireland, surely the NFL can see. And there's five there's five clubs in the north as well. You've got Dungan and Swifts to play, and I think Cliftonville, etc. and Belfast, uh, they, they all have artificial turf. And that's all. I mean, this is part-time footballers in the north as well, like part part-time. And it's mad that the NFL can't do that. Like, yeah, it's interesting though. I think as well that Green Bay. I think now I'm open to correction, you guys. They're the only team that have the actual hybrid surface, and I think it's natural domination. I think there's a sixty forty split, so I think there's 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 kind of a a somewhat of, of of an effort on behalf of the club 
which is only a club owned by the fans, mind you, to, to have that kind of surface in place. But um, and obviously, we know the weather, they get, they get in Lambeau. And I can understand Soldier Field, for, but what I can understand for NFL teams is they play, if it's regular season only, they play a maximum of nine games there each year. That's all. That's all. In a 12-month calendar period, nine games, and they can't get it right. So that's why I'm, I'm surprised to hear you, Mark, when you say that the pitch was really bad because they only have to get it for nine games. Like, if you look at every soccer team in, whether it be the Premiership or whatever, they play you know, 30 games at home between all yeah. the Cups and whatever, and their pitches are always looking you know, fantastic. Now, obviously, there's a cost to the holiday, guys. I get, I get that, and it's a different condition for soccer. But I, I, I just personally speaking, I, I would like... Maybe this is this is a player's mindset, and probably is to be honest. <laughs> I would like the, the natural grass to to return at the expense of slight bit of speed. Yeah, well, I think everyone would be happy. And it's kind of funny for me when you're saying um, Green Bay. I will not correct you on that because I don't have a rundown of the turf. They were the, they were definitely games. the first team ever, to do, first team in the US to do it. I've got yeah, that like, from Google in the last three seconds. I remember Aaron Rodgers saying it in an interview. Yeah, one one that gets me is that in Atlanta, they have the artificial grass and it's like on the up the road you have some of the best what's the word for when you're when the green keepers basically that they have they have a gust down you up the road and they have the best grass in the world and then you go into Atlanta and they have to have a turf field and a new stadium that's the one that gets to me because we know that the conditions are there in that state of Georgia to grow proper grass uh. Atlanta's a dome isn't it? It is, yeah, but like that was the whole thing. Like they didn't need to, you know, yeah, like they, that. yeah, exactly. They didn't like, need New, to do New Orleans. That. Okay, New Orleans, I'll give you that one. They're, they're a dome, but they're, they're subject to serious weather conditions with storms and hurricanes, etc. Okay, I'll give you that one, right? For Atlanta, <laughs> no excuse if you ask And me. we've just seen that Buffalo <laughs> like avoided putting in a dome because they wanted the elements there. So it's like if you don't have to put a dome up in Buffalo, you certainly don't have to put one in Atlanta. That is true. Yeah. And yeah, but I. I just think there's no excuse for, for especially for the West Coast teams. They, they, they have the, the best weather uh, in all of NFL and they, they don't need, you know, domes or, 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 or artificial pitches. But I did give SoFi the, the relaxation and I'll continue with that. But, God, yeah, it's just, it's, I just, I hate to see the likes of Nick Chubb, you know, who was, who was just a, an honest, do good running back and now his, his knees are dislocated, like sack one. How many, how many running backs have we seen like they've just, and that's the reason the actual the money they're making is just gone so south because it's going to continue to happen, I'm afraid. Yeah, it just if do you feel that there maybe that that goes into a whole different can of worms? And I, I don't think it's something that we've talked about, James. I mean, like you're talking about the money going down, like obviously injuries are one element to that. But do you feel like the whole market's just being disrespected? Like we've seen what happened to Saquon in the off season. I guess the Giants will say now that well. We've been proven right. He's out for three weeks for a situation, but there was a bit of a lack of respect there, just for not just him, but for a lot of positions. Jonathan Taylor as well. Yeah, I, I think there's maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think the new rules with roughing the passer changed things slightly, just ever so slightly. I think because the quarterback has more protection now, like it's a quarterback's game. Now that might sound a bit outlandish, but I, I was thinking the NFL are putting heavy, heavy focus like, on getting the ball in the air. They want to get the ball in the air. They want to get the likes of you know Jefferson, Chase, Hill. All these guys under the ball would make make the big plays, make the big contested catches, and then the running back position just seems to be, you know, a position whereby there is a, I think it's a four year lifespan at top level for running back and an eighty something percent chance of getting injured, for more than fifty percent of the season. That's the stats that I have at, at, at hand. So, like, you're, if you're a GM or an owner and look at the running back position, going, like, let's just fill a gap. Let's just get a guy who might get us, you know, fifty sixty yards a game, which. In fairness, there are so many guys coming out of college, you know, free agents, you name it, who can, who can do that that minimal job if you've got a high level quarterback. 
Um, and I, I don't think disrespect is the wrong word. I just think there's a stark realization that the running back position is not what it used to be. Like I don't think it's perceived to be what it used to be. I, for me, I'm, you know, I was still, I was still sorry. I was sorry to see Jamie Harris going to Buffalo because I thought himself and Stevenson were a great dynamic. And so did New England when we had a quarterback who wasn't the Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. But if you've got the Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, do you need the, the, the huge, huge running backs? The answer is no, you don't. You know, and you get lucky the old rookies. You can you can hit gold with a rookie like a Brees Hall type job. You know, Jonathan Taylor when he came out, you know. And I, I just think the GMs are getting clever and they won't pay the money for it because they need it for the huge Mahomes contracts and Burroughs contracts, etc. And the big players like Jefferson because they're franchise players that, that sell jerseys and sell tickets. And that's just the reality. It's all entertainment, lads. Yeah, I think it's a funny one because, and it is something we're going to talk about, how we stumble upon everything that we want to talk about on Thursday show, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's, it's one thing that we'll probably get into again, but I will say that it seems to be a lot of their own running back backfields, like the teams like your Nick Chubbs that are kind of being injured, your J.K. Dobbins. I know that the Lions have uh, Jamar Gibbs, but they were obviously going heavily on David Montgomery in uh, Detroit. That it's the teams that are kind of sticking with the old school and uh, running the, or sorry, just like giving them a massive workload and just running the thread off the tire. And then they'll get someone else to deal with it afterwards. Whereas there is a lot of teams now. I noticed this. Yeah, we know. I noticed it from a fantasy perspective. You're kind of avoiding whatever teams had two running backs in the backfield because obviously they're able to take plays off then and then they're just able to, you know, loosen the muscles a bit or whatever because they're just, like, getting overworked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, as we wrap up, James, is there any anything you'd like to see this weekend? I mean, is there any game that stands out for you? Like, obviously, like, the one that I was talking on the betting podcast recently about this Patriots-Jets game is one, but... It, it's it's hard to call to be honest. I don't know what to expect oh. there on Sunday. But is there any game that sticks out to you this weekend? You know, you can go, you talk Patriots that you want, but is, is there anything that sort of no, sticks I, out to you? My focus is heavily on the Patriots. I just we each need to get back back on the horse. Like and I just obviously when Rogers was coming into the division this year, there was concern. I was concerned that we were going to uh, have you know a battle within a battle in our own division. And look, I was sickened to see him go down because I liked the guy and I thought it was a great story, but. Solely from a Patriots perspective, I am happy that Zach Wilson's were facing him, and it, it pains me, it hurts me to see that the bookies have it close. <laughs> you know, whereas always there was a two-score separation, always two-score separation. Like even I think last year the spread was ten and a half, both in both games. Uh, whereas this year I think it's down it's down at three, is it three and a half? That that's the spread, something like that. Uh, so at the minute, the spread for that game is one and a half. Oh my and God, it's got worse. Patriots, okay. Patriots fancied <laughs> one and a half on our sponsor for our podcast network one and a half Patriots favoured which is crazy it's too tight for me and like the, between algorithms and, and professional personnel they're not too far wrong lads <laughs> always if unless you like Sean McVeigh with a field goal yeah both defences will fancy themselves that's the funny thing like the Patriots, Patriots was like okay we're against Zach Wilson but the Jets who are you know a stingy defence themselves who were kind of embarrassed surprisingly against the Cowboys like the Cowboys is one of the most explosive offense in the NFL yeah. and they're probably looking saying well we get to handle Mac Jones now so uh, yeah it could be a very low scoring game but whoever comes out on top is definitely going to feel good about themselves yeah that's for sure uh, but it's, it's, it's again it's you know the NFL it's very hard to win and I suppose if you were looking at games and I spoke when I spoke to you previously I was saying that there was a strong chance that in our, in our first six games we were going to go 3-3 three and three, or a possibility of a 2-4 and four. This is one of the games we have to win, regardless. If we don't win this game, we're in serious trouble. You know, and it's one that I think that's that even 
I know I'm an Irish fan base, but the American fan base, especially locally, they, they, they'll they be baying for blood if, if the Jets, Jets turn them over, especially after the start we've had. And the money we spent. Big time, because like your, your rivals in the AFC, it's like the, the Dolphins are hosting the Broncos. I mean, they, they should Broncos. win that game. Broncos the Bills are on a high after last week. It's it's one of those things. I guess for us, James, it's a, it's a win-win because if you win, you'll be buzzing. Yeah. If you lose, we'll have a hundred things to talk about. So certainly love it. Again. Mark, have you any final questions for James or have you anything you want to ask him? No, I love that. It's funny because I've really fallen in love with the Patriots the last few weeks just because of different reasons and it's great. It's not going to be Patriots week in and week out here. Don't don't you worry or whatever. But no, yeah. James, it's a pleasure to get this started with you. Dude, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure practice. Brilliant, James. We we appreciate you having you on board. I think it, it gives an extra coverage to what we want to have and we believe is the podcast or network for NFL fans in Ireland, north and south of the border, folks. We we massively appreciate James. We'll we'll drop his social media handle under if you want to give him a wee follow as well. James, let's let's talk next week. Hopefully, you're a happy man going one and two <laughs> in the season, and we'll see what happens. But for now, it's been Pro Football Ireland. We'll chat to you soon, folks. Thanks, guys. Go Pets. <laughs>